You're listening to a Corridor Business Journal podcast. This episode of Real Success with Nate Kading is brought to you by Midwest One Bank. Midwest One Bank is the proud partner for doers and entrepreneurs in the corridor and beyond. As an SBA preferred lender, our team is ready to help you reach your business goals. It's empowered money management. It's Midwest One Bank, member FDIC. Justin, Tim, Kale, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time. And this is uh, the first ever Real Success podcast with more than one person at once. So this is uh, this is this will be a lot of fun. And now you guys kind of run as a posse and as a group, so it's cool to have have the three of you here. And I, certainly, there's a lot of folks listening, and, and myself included, do business with with friends and partnerships and and all of that. So we'll get into a little bit of the the pros and cons of of business partnerships and and all that sort of stuff, but. I thought we'd start, you know, a lot of, you know, listeners I'm sure know of, um, you know, Fun Not Fancy, the restaurant group, what, what you all have, have built, um, all the great restaurants around the Cedar Rapids area. Uh, but let's go back a bit, tell a little bit about you all's origin story, maybe where, where you all met, how you all came to the, the restaurant hospitality industry. Yeah. Who wants to start on that? Um, well, since I'm kind of the new guy, they kind of wove yeah. me in a little bit. So. Yeah. Maybe uh, we met Kale on a bus ride to uh, <laughs> uh, where they just great, had great taste. In the great taste. So yeah. here, yesterday. I'll jump in real quick and get this kicked off because I can probably I can bring these guys in on this. I moved here and went to culinary school, honestly, around the same time Justin did, and that's how I got into the hospitality scene in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. You're an Iowa City guy, so you're familiar with Polly Eyes. Oh yeah, I, I all time classic, all time classic. So I started at the home store in Polly Eyes in Grinnell, Iowa, where I'm from. Circa yep. 1994-1995. Long story short, um, one of the friends I made in culinary school introduced me to these guys. And that was after we were already kind of uh, established and kind yeah. of in the middle of our growth process. Uh, so I guess what kind of started Tim and I getting to know each other was when I moved back from Denver to open up a, a place called Beckett's Public House, which is where Zeppelin's is now. And... Mm-hmm. Um, so we were working at the chop house together and we got to know each other. And then, uh, we opened up, uh, that place and just kind of kept in touch over the years for a very, very long time. And he, uh, he took over bricks and then I, um, I left my job to open up LP street food with him and then absorb bricks as well. And we, and then this has all happened in the span of probably like six years now, I think we, yeah. and we opened up MoCo and then uh, Kale came on, and we did Cliffs, and uh, Kale's part of Moco as well. And um, then we um, brought had a Tim Othout come on, and he is hipster and sacred cow. And uh, then we just opened up Taco Gato. And so, and if it sounds like a lot, it's because it is. Yes, it was uh, kind yeah, of yeah. You guys are on a roll. It's yeah. uh, it, it's been a crazy couple of years indeed, and um, and. I'll, Taco Gato was actually something that was started several years ago, and now it just pre-COVID, it was pre-COVID, yeah, and it just opened yeah. now because it's just kind of a COVID and a lack of people downtown and working, and all, that just kind of a slowed down that process. And then so we went and did a sure. project in Marion, and uh, did something with a little bit that we thought might be a, a little better complimentary concept to downstairs downtown with Kale and did Cliff. So everything so kind of sat on the back burner, and now it finally came came along, and here we are. 
That's awesome. So Bricks was really the first to go back a bit around 2016, 17. Was that sort of when this no, partnership was? You said six, six years or so ago? 2011 is when I became 11. Oh, wow. an owner. Okay. I even, personally okay. became an owner at uh, at Bricks. Um, and Justin was still at Zeppelin's then. And, and so um, then, but it was, God, it was many years yeah we just stayed in touch we'd always have conversations we'd ironically we would meet in marion <laughs> at the location that hipster is at now <laughs> sure and, yeah. and talk about opening a restaurant in marion and and then we decided to open lp here in cedar rapids so that it's yeah it kind of crazy how that happened but um so yeah, was there yeah. a vision early on when you guys just just getting started back in 2011 2012 to have a, a collection of of restaurants was was this always the uh no, the vision no, or no. Did, did it start, start with one and then the next opportunity just started to come from there well bricks was already there so that's the only concept within the whole restaurant group that we didn't come up we with. didn't come up with it you know that no. it, it was pre-existing and he bought it and then i left um once my kids were a little older and i was more comfortable with kind of getting back into ownership side of things because i know how demanding it can be to the schedule um so then we just opened up LP and it just went, it went really well. And uh, we just um, kind of reinvested and uh, built the patio and just kept on growing. And then, um, and then uh, one of uh, my old favorite bars uh, was Mahoney's and then it turned into Dick's uh, Tap and Shake Room. And I just always loved that corner there in the Irish district, Uptown district, College district, call it what yep. you want to call it, but it's a, it's a classic, uh, corner right there and just like an iconic building and that became available and tim and i were like we got we got to do something <laughs> we got to do it and, and <laughs> yeah. so, so it was a big responsibility it, we were scared to do that project actually yeah yeah, yeah i mean we, kind of we were an iconic place right yeah, yeah. it was and yeah. we were open for a lp for what a, a year? year and then we started building out yeah. a new place and it was yeah. just it was just crazy well yeah and none of these were just like facelifts let's be honest lp was down to the studs moco was Tore a wall out. Tore a wall out. Like <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not just talking about any wall. I mean the wall that made two businesses one business. Yeah, yeah. it's a 24 inch lamb that goes across it, and we have structural yeah. beams going down yeah. to the. We floor did all that ourselves. Cement. Con- uh, Tim will never do it again. Just, I'll never do it again. Contractors, <laughs> here on out. Yeah. Well, let's go to work. the. You're starting a, or you have a new concept, and this is always the fun stuff, right? Is is the concept creation. Yep. Talk a bit about how you all work together to create a business model or the concept. Where, where how does it all start? What are the the key ingredients that go into creating a successful restaurant for you guys? What's that's t- talk us through the the early strategy point and how you guys I, pick a certain concept and how all that comes together. I kind of want to. I'll start on that one a little bit because it's we're probably we work backwards than most people. We don't have a name or an idea. We go to a location and we sit down on the floor, basically, at least I do, and I just envision something, envision the layout, envision what it could be. And then, you know, just is there just, a little bit of beer involved with that vision? Yeah, vision so, yeah maybe tequila. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and Justin, you know, once I sometimes I feel like I'll start spitting some ideas at Justin and then he starts writing a menu. And really, then the whole place starts to take form. And we might not even have a name yet, honestly. Yeah. And that's that's really how it we we build around what the location is and what it is and where we're at in the town. We yeah. you know it we needs don't to be authentic to this. Yes, we don't have space. a space. restaurant. Yeah, we've had some restaurant ideas. Don't get me wrong, but we would we don't force anything. 
we kind of just let it naturally mm-hmm. happen. Um, and that's probably a lot different than what other people do. Yeah. Sure. I mean, a lot of people will say, hey, I'm going to sell euros and I'm going to do it right here and you're going to come up and buy them. And that's, yeah. and they just square peg around hole. And what Tim's saying is, you know, let the ideas flow. Don't go in there thinking you know everything. Don't go in there thinking you've got the entire concept down from the floor to the ceiling. And then, you know, we've got smart, creative people in this company that work hard and we're not, and if an idea doesn't work right away, we'll pivot. We're not going to hold on to, we're not going to hold on to a loser. And I think that's probably one thing I've learned from these guys is that don't hold on to something just because you like it. It's not about you. It's about what they like. You're selling something right. to them. Give them what they want. Don't give them what you want. Give them what they want. Yeah, it's important to, are, to the market. Yeah, well, it's called Moco have, because it's between Mount Mercy and Co College, by the way. So that sure. that's <laughs> I like that. That's a, that was just kind of a nod to the neighborhood, and a lot of people don't realize that it's like it's kind of a weird name, but it's just like obviously we wouldn't have ever had that name or concept to come up with until we came to that property, and we're like, oh, this makes sense. Right. So you're in the space. You 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 have a vision and then kind of a feeling for what the right concept might fit, and the menu sort of falls from there. What are, as you guys have done several of these successful concepts, what are some of the potential pitfalls between that idea and an opening? I mean, what are some of the harder things about creating a, a restaurant business or where, where maybe if given an example or two of where maybe you guys have, have misstepped along the way or fallen into some pitfalls? I think the risk is people not understanding your vision. And, mm-hmm. uh, but that's, that's the risk and the fun part of it as well. And that's why um, we've obviously had a, our confidence has built up a little bit more and we, with the amount of support we've gotten from Cedar Rapids. And, yeah. uh, so, you know, people that kind of believe in what we do at one place generally help support the other places and kind of get where we're about. And they just kind of trust in our judgment now, instead of us having to like always sell it. So that right. helps kind of building the confidence of, uh, the consumers in Cedar Rapids. And the, and the flip side of that is having the people that can carry out our vision and carry out what we're trying to do. Oh, for sure. And get the message across and, and, and stay with the program. So, and I can speak for these guys too. We're, we're in a really unique position in life and in, and in our profession where if one person doesn't show up or do their job right, everybody has to pivot. It doesn't matter if it's a dishwasher, a door guy, a chef, a bartender, a server. If one person doesn't show up on the wrong day, it can, it can spin out more than one store. Cause if we have to pull somebody from somewhere else or, and right, that's And that's kind of the, you know, that's the bottom and the top of this business is, you know, you're as good as the people you put in their place and you hope they succeed. Yeah. I think maybe also to answer your question a little bit, um, it, staffing can be one of the biggest issues. And I think as to, to say or to work from that is one of the biggest differences, I believe, for at least a company as big as we are, we're still working owners. You know, we're there every day. We're in the trenches. We're fixing things. We're getting our hands dirty, you know, and doing all that work. And we're also ready to jump behind the bar on the line if we have to. Or we'll go wash dishes. Like, we do all those things. 365 days a year. And that's – and all due respect to everybody because, you know, everybody's in different places. But um, that's one thing that we do. Our staff sees us every day. Yeah, that's awesome. What what is the key, the staffing piece, obviously, in the the hospitality service industry is such an, you guys hit on it, Kayla, you mentioned, it's such an integral part. I mean, that that team are the ones that are out there executing and whether it's cooking the food or serving the the customers as they come in. What do you guys look for in 
bringing on a new teammate? What are the characteristics? What are the qualities of, of how that looks? And then how do you build culture and build, build, build the right team to make a successful restaurant? Given the fact that the, that the, the people are such a key part of what you're doing. Right. I mean, we have a really good core group right now. So that helps us immensely when hiring and bringing new people in because they train them right. And you said culture, and that's probably, Justin, I use that a lot. I mean, that was when building LP, it was culture, culture, culture. And and that's, I think, had a huge part of its success there. We, we, had, we brought in people that had worked for us already for years. They understood how we managed and how we operated. And they've They've just kind of taken it and ran. Um, Passion and respect. How do you yeah. define your culture? Yeah. What is there a common thread amongst the different restaurants? Are there a couple key pillars of uh, the culture that you all have that you're purposeful about? Front and back of the house respect. This like uh, that kind of there is a bit of a family mentality amongst the restaurants and uh, a lot of the managers and uh, employees. They work between multiple places and they can they reach out to other uh managers or uh, co-workers for advice and i mean there's it's you know our, co- our company party is they all get together and um hang out i mean there's there's just that culture of caring for each other and that's um why i think it's a uh, we retain some of the some of the best people is also because we're we're there we've uh they they see that we're there. We're passionate for them. We we're all kind of trying to walk in the same direction, and I think that that's um that's a huge thing because a lot of times you work at places and you never meet the owner, you don't see the owners, and and um so that's why some of the best people in this industry have come and worked with us because we're they become friends and we're all very close now, right? And so we're all you know, and we we value all their opinions because they're also good at their jobs and it's a blessing we're not bossing around you yeah. know because eventually they're going to get great and they're going to go on their own places and <laughs> yeah. they hopefully become, take all the things <laughs> over you know yeah. i think i think for we're so lucky in when it comes to staffing like you were saying in our core group is because the people that we hire see that core group see where they are professionally and in, a, in this tight market where you can't pay everybody top dollar like you can't pay everybody more than everybody else every day but what you can do is offer them creativity. You can offer them creative freedom and respect, support, support, and yep. and and that. You know, when a chef writes a menu, when you know, when our people come up with specials, when they come up with the drink programs, their fingerprints are all over that, and that's something right. that they're all really proud of, and we're proud of them for that, and that makes them better, and it holds the door open for them to succeed, as opposed to us just clutching our pearls and keeping all the good ideas and. You know, we're holding the door open for this next generation where I feel like the guys that came before us didn't really do that. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little harder. You know, I mean, if they want an ingredient or a piece of equipment or, you know, if they're excited about it, then that gets us excited. And we're 100% supportive of it. And we we will make sure that they have all the tools for to give them all the success that they they can possibly reach. And, you know, and something yeah. and if something's broken, we fix it. Yeah. So they're always working in the best uh, environment they possibly can. So, you know, it's all about guys, kind of giving that for each other. Yeah, you can see that come through in your guys' restaurants. You've got such a cool kind of eclectic uh, collection of, of different places with different menu items. If you guys were to create like your dream team, your starting five of menu items, like what would that be? Like, do, do you Ooh. have favorites uh, wow. that are out there? If you had like five last meals to have, <laughs> give, give me, run, run me oh, through no. where you're at. And I know each of, each of That's the tough. you're going to have. I've different. got one. I, I, I'm going to say his probably the list mash burger at hipster. <laughs> mash burger at hipster. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> That's top. It's, it's number one. It's my favorite burger. I got two. I think it's good. 
Well, I don't know. I'll pick one from each store. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Uh, lettuce wraps at LP. Beef. Very good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So good. Amazing. Um, probably the Hawaiian wrap at Bricks. Either the prime rib or the lobster at the lobster roll at uh, at Cliffs. I really love the bond meat at Cliffs. I do yeah. love the bond meat too. Um, the carne asada at Taco is an absolute banger. Um, I'm a sucker for a Chicago dog. Yep. And then probably the sacred cow. I would have to go with that burger, the Floyd pepper. Floyd's good. The chicken pita at uh, sacred cow is really awesome. Elote too. wings. What are we talking about right now? Elote oh. wings. Yeah. <laughs> Back at Taco, I'd also say the almost shrimp and grits. That's hey, right it's going to be about lunchtime. Too. Yeah, hey, <laughs> right. <laughs> fatter just thinking about this. Well, that's a how good about, question. How about like a, a, the euros too. A the euros at both places. Yeah, yeah the, the euros at, uh, at LP uh, and local, local course. Really Yeah, it's that's an awesome, awesome dish as well. How about like a menu item when you all were there and your your chef and your culinary team are putting something out and you're like, man, this thing's going to be an absolute banger. Everybody's going to love this, and then just for whatever reason, it didn't. So, was, was there a menu item broke your heart once it got released out into the real world? Well, and you know this too, Nate, because, you know, you didn't go through your entire career missing a kick. What keeps you up at night? You know, yeah. not the ones you made. <laughs> this one. You yeah. always miss exactly. the one. The yeah. party boards at Cliffs. Oh, the party boards at Cliffs. Oh, my gosh. I thought that was going to be the best I thought that ever. was just going to be an incredible, We're, incredible play. <laughs> It was this giant party board. That was like, like a to, charcuterie board kind of thing. But kind of to get like, like the kids, so, so like yeah. uh, you could bring your like soccer team in, and it was like um, oh, yeah. a big peanut butter and jelly uh, board with like nuts and gummies and like all. It's just really really fun. And we had and then we had another one that was a a bagel board that had like uh, salmon locks and cream smears, cheese spreads yeah. and some vegetables. And both of those just like they looked beautiful. <laughs> they sounded delicious. And nobody and bought no them. one bought them. And it, we just had to cut the loser. And it was so frustrating because I thought. That was going to be such an iconic, like, <laughs> oh, set man. us apart kind of thing for the place. And it just, nope, it did not work. <laughs> and when we say it didn't work out, I mean, it didn't really didn't work out. out. It was just, nope, they're gone. That was an oops. Yeah, big time. It happens. Yeah, you always get a few of those. Where, where do you see specifically Iowans or, or Cedar Rapids? Like, where do you where do you see the palette of the, the customer demand moving to in the future years? Or maybe to reframe that, where has it? How has it changed over the course of the last few years? Like, what are what do well, people want more of that now you're giving them, and where do you maybe see uh, that demand moving to out that's, out that's, into the future? Well, our goal—that's one of our goals—is to change the way Cedar Rapids eats and drinks, and uh, and so we're 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 trying to push. Are the you know yeah. the narrative one way for sure, and I think, and it's obviously not just us; everybody else too. That's that's doing a great job in this town. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and we love changed. Bush Light and Tenderloins too. Yeah, 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 it's changed. We all love bar food. <laughs> yeah, but Cedar Rapids still really. But there's loves still bar food. so many people here that I met somebody this morning getting coffee that had never been to LP, which is fine. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, we, we hear it. And so it's like, to me, it's like this bigger scope. It's like, how many people... Get them away are, from Applebee's and Lone yeah. Star and get to some yeah. of these cool, independently yeah, owned. There's respectfully. so many people in this town in Marion that just don't even go out to eat. And that's fine. But um, it's... Um, one of the things we're pushing now, and Justin's going to make a T-shirt, it's, it's be a tourist of your own town. And so that's a narrative that. we're really going to push, I think, coming up. Um at least I want to because I think it's a really, really cool statement. And um, and to help just push, again, people to go out and support 
all over the place. Um, I'm probably getting off track here, but well, you did say uh, the direction yeah. that it's been going, and yeah. I mean the it they are getting more people are getting more adventurous for sure in Cedar Rapids, uh, but they still do love bar food. But we do too. I mean, I love just wings and beer. Let's yeah, go sure. all yep, the time. Absolutely. But <laughs> but they, I think that. Uh, Cedar Rapids is getting a little better about understanding the responsibility of how they spend a dollar. So they are often going to these random bars and getting bar food instead of maybe going to Applebee's or, you know, some of these chains. Uh, they, since, you know, I mean, what, what was it, a year ago or something, we finally made it over that hump as far Eclipsed as having, it, yeah. having more personally owned businesses instead of chains because this, is a, this was a chain mecca growing up. It's like all the chains came here to, to, to pilot their, to see if it was going to work out. And um, we're finally getting over that hump, and um, Cedar Rapids is supporting better, which is really exciting to see that. And uh, they still That's do. a little bit chicken in the egg, too, right? Yeah. Like you guys have done an amazing job of bringing really quality, cool places to hang out to the market. And you, you got to have those places before that pendulum can really, right. really shift as well. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Got to kind of. No, and we do see that trust. Bit. We see that trust now with customers where people will come in and they see the F and F on the door, and they'll just walk in and order the special. Don't even know what it is. And and those are the things that that we as owners really appreciate is that the, this particular brand is synonymous with going that extra mile, bringing in something that the place next door might not have, served you by somebody who takes their job seriously, you know. And and those those things really matter in the customer experience, in my opinion. What do you guys? You have such an intimate restaurants do, especially relationship with the community. How does the community play a part in you all's strategy of how you're growing the company, marketing the company? Talk a bit about that relationship with uh, with what you're doing, and, and obviously that now has, has come forward with your with the event Blocktoberfest that yeah. started last year. So, and you guys are very community conscious. Speak a bit about what that means to you guys and how that integrates its way into your strategy. That's that's actually that's a great question. So, I think to start off, then maybe talk about your. Uh, um, foundation a little bit. Okay. Um, uh, we uh, people ask us all the time. They say, "Hey, when are you gonna franchise, or when are you gonna open in another town, and everything else?" And it's like back to like when you originally asked. Like our goal wasn't ever to necessarily do this. It just turned into something that we didn't originally forecast because we got really excited about it. And since we're such huge advocates and cheerleaders of Cedar Rapids, we wanted to keep on doing something for Cedar Rapids and keep on giving them a uh, new, fun, unique. Uh, visions that were coming out of our weird little heads. Um, so, and you know, it was, it's been a fun little process, uh, but that wasn't always the plan, but it, our goal still isn't really to expand outside of Cedar Rapids. It's all about Cedar Rapids for us. We are Cedar Rapids and that's, what's important to us, not this like crazy growth and, and turning into something that it's not. Well, and that, and to jump off from where Justin was going there and that, that comes through with our philanthropic effort too. And not that there aren't great national charities, not not that there aren't tons and tons of great causes anymore, but with the success comes some responsibility to your community. And we feel that as very proud Cedar Rapidians. So that's why an event like Blocktoberfest is something that comes so natural to us is because it's our, you know, it's our thank you back to Cedar Rapids. It's our love letter to Cedar Rapids. It's us being able to give something to the community that they would otherwise not have, something fun, something safe, something for families. That's just going to be a great time. Donate thousands of dollars to a couple of really good um, and deserving local charities. And the next day we'll have it cleaned up for farmer's market. And it'll be like it never happened, you know. <laughs> and and we have a lot of fun doing that. 
and and, it's, and to be honest, it's important to us. Yep. Yeah, give the quick rundown on Blocktoberfest. What what is it? What are the charities that it benefits? Uh, how can people find it, participate, be a okay. part of it? Okay, so um, our good friends, the Pork Tornadoes, uh, obviously, oh, yeah, great band. Yep, yep, really good guys. They play a show for us every year um, for the Kiss Your Kids Foundation, which is my wife and I's organization that we started a few years ago, and the Iowa Giving Crew. So two two local charities with separate missions, um, and they both they both serve the community very very well in my opinion. And so the guys from Port Tornadoes, we put together this incredible show in downtown Cedar Rapids. It's only a five dollar door admission, and all of those proceeds go to those two charities that I was just speaking of. So last year we donated just over fifteen thousand dollars, I think. Yep, Seventy five hundred yeah. to each direction. Might have been maybe yeah. a little more, uh, but yeah, it was. 50-50, and it's an entire door. So this year uh, we're expecting to probably do at least 10 to each. Yeah, I, I would expect maybe more. Probably close to 5,000, or I'd say close to 5,000 this year. I mean, for a $5 ticket for the board tornadoes. I think so. Yeah. We kind of threw that last one together in a couple of months. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty, uh, it's yeah. pretty on the fly. Yeah. yeah, we did it in like a month and a half last year, and we had, what, just over about 3,000 people right show up. Right at 3,000. So, Holy cow. Yeah. yeah, so this year we've had a lot more planning, a lot more advertising, and uh, so we're hoping to see a bunch more people downtown. We shut the streets down, so downtown. It's music, and I'm assuming, knowing yes. you guys, there's obviously there's a food component as well, I'm assuming, or food is and, folks are going to the yeah. Yeah. And Bev. vendors. And, yeah, yeah. We're, uh, we're really putting our skills Beer on display tent. that night. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. We throw parties, and we feed people, and we, uh, and we help them when they're thirsty. So yeah. Indeed. I like it. You, you guys have such a great pulse on Cedar Rapids community specifically. What is Cedar Rapids missing? What? Outside of the food world, where where else would you like to see river activation in terms of, in terms of, in terms of quality of life stuff? Right, like I'd, I'd love to see another hotel downtown. embracing downtown. hotel, embracing Embrace the, the river. river, another hotel downtown. Yep, yeah, no, um, multiple hotels. Downtown. Maybe maybe people working back downtown would be super cool. Yeah, people come back to work. That'd be awesome. <laughs> talk a, talk a bit about that. There's that's a, you know part of the national narrative uh, in the larger urban centers, whether it's New York or uh, you know San Francisco, some of these places where the Stay at home post COVID is stay at home and work has yep. remained the same, and that that's hurting the local restaurants yeah. and service 100%. businesses that relied on those workers coming into those urban centers. Have you guys seen that to be the case in Cedar Rapids as well, or is it has it bounced back, or had it been down prior to that, and it's still it's, kind of staying? So to talk a bit about the it's come back some downtown. Yeah, since they've they've I guess mandated some of these people to come back to work. I don't really know the numbers, but I know that has changed, but I do think it's important and you probably can attest to this as well. Um, you know, Cedar Rapids was a lot different than most places around even 20 minutes South from Iowa city during COVID throughout this whole process. Um, so yeah, we've seen the effect, obviously people not working downtown. Um, we want them to come back. There's a lot of transformation now going to apartments which, you know, we'll see how that goes as well. Um, but I, I think Cedar Rapids did a really good job. They've done a really good job this whole time of supporting. Um, you know, we all have friends in bigger cities, and we hear the nightmares of the situations that were going on there and that might even still be going on there as far as the restaurants are concerned. I think we did – we lost some, obviously, but we gained – I feel like we gained more restaurants in Cedar Rapids through this whole process than we lost. Or, like, we, we came out ahead – which is an interesting thing to think about. Um, right. But, you know, the community did a good job here, I think. 
They did. They did. But the downstairs, the downtown is still a little. Yes. Downtown is a little tricky. It's a ghost town. Um, it's and that was like a little soapbox that I got on right before we even came in here when we were talking outside. <laughs> how we um, were turning a lot of commercial space into residential, and where you had ten people that did go, need to go out to lunch. Now you have one person that lives there that has a kitchen that might not be going out to lunch. So I mean, it's good that there's right. there's still people down there, but the density isn't the same, and so how they're spending their money isn't the same. And it, it's like, but and they're still they're building a lot of space around downtown to uh, house more people which is fantastic because that's a new build, but the commercial space being turned into all the residential and these people not coming back to work, that's just, it's a density issue. We need um, more people that aren't eating in their kitchens that are coming down and supporting the downtown area to have a lively vibey kind of space. And it's like, so that's, right. that's a little bit of the struggle. You go to Des Moines, it's a little bit more, um, there's a lot, a lot more activity and there's just a lot more people kind of moving yeah. around now. And uh, yeah, I, I absolutely. Just, they and got the capital, they got all those things kind of working. That's where the yep. those vibrant urban centers, especially just ha- it's just such an ecosystem of things happening. It's there, there is it's it's yep. large employers. It's it's events. It's, uh, you know, arena. It's, it's special yep. events. Nothing. Nothing's better for the restaurant world than kind of some of that tourism money. Right. Sure. You mentioned hotels. That's an integral part of, and of bringing people around that out of town spending money. They're doing a great job with booking too, though. I mean, this last year they've done. Mm-hmm. Great, oh, yeah, Venue great, Works has done a great yeah. job this year. A lot of yeah, absolutely. Stuff. They've it's done a great, great acts and mm-hmm. yeah. So I did get some numbers. Um, in 2019, there were 19,000 seater or between 18 and 19,000 seater opinions that worked downtown within the 72 block SMID every day. Of those 19, 18 or 19,000, there are now 4,000, and, mo- and of that 4,000, most of them only work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So we are. You know, working with a fraction, behind, yeah. fraction of a fraction from where we were three or four years ago. And, you know, and that just changes the way we have to conduct business. You know, you kind of have to load up for these bigger things and, and and depend more on nightlife than you would probably normally would. Yeah, it's an interesting transformation. I want to go back just a little bit uh, as we as we close up here, talk a bit about your creative process. That's such a big part of the restaurant world. Where are you guys pulling your inspiration? Do you travel a lot? and observe what's happened in other cities? Are you guys kind of up late at night looking at Instagram shots of different food or follow different restaurant people or the magazines, <laughs> books, talk? I'll text Justin. kind of generating new ideas? Talk a bit about that, <laughs> that creative process. I'll text guys. Justin I say, I'll, and I say, so I have an idea. And then he's like, he's like oh, oh, no, no. Another one. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think we've all, you know, we probably don't travel as much as we should. I love traveling when, when we do it, it's kind of like a, a breath of fresh air for me because, and I, and respectfully it's, I feel like we learn that we are doing the right things. You know what I mean? Going to these big cities and seeing these, you know, high volume restaurants and seeing their menus and what they're doing as far as their cocktail programs. And it's just like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Like we're, we're on, doing all this stuff. We're too. on this level. Yeah, yeah. This is cool. Um, and so, um, but I think we all pull inspiration from places, but I think the, we try to also be super unique. We don't want to be just like everyone else. And I mean, there's times when we've had ideas and we think it's ours. And then we see someone, <laughs> someone else's already that just happened like a month you know? ago. Like we're like, Oh yeah. Hey, that's cool. Um, good idea. Yeah. I guess it wasn't <laughs> that authentic. Um, but, uh, which probably happens a lot. I mean, every, every, everything, every drink, every item on a menu is, been made somewhere someone's, do- yeah, someone's right. done it you know what i mean you just don't know that they have and same with some probably some of these ideas that we have for the restaurants but i don't know it's 
this some of the stuff is a little weird. And we, I don't know where we get it from. I don't know where it comes we, from. It's I, just I a, borrow some ideas and then give yeah. them to people smarter than me and let yeah. them spin them into something yeah. that's actually practical. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not really the idea guy a lot, but I'll see something in my little brain and be like, oh, we could sell that. But then I have to give that idea to somebody who can actually manipulate that into something we can make money with. So, you know, they do the hard work there. I think yeah, hitting the fun. market where it's underserved has been a lot of the motivation for us too, to kind of up with some of our concepts mm-hmm. where we, um, we don't want to just do more of the same and we want to make sure that each place has its own identity within the brand. So that's kind of um, motivated us to go in several different directions. It's so just it, nothing feels repetitive within what we do, but it's still there's a similar vibe across to, uh, our company that has character within it. So when you come into one of our places, it feels it feels like it's already been lived in. Um, yep. and, um, has like, you know, colors, textures, lighting is everything for us. We keep, it um, weird. we're very, very, very focused on where the lights go, what colors we're using. And, um, that's a very authentic feel to it. You feel, yeah, I think, yeah, I think your, your words worn, it feels, it feels comfortable. Yes. Yeah. That's very important to us. Like when we did LP, it was one of the biggest things Justin and I were talking about, you know, it's, it's, you have to grab people immediately when they walk in the door, like making them smile, making them laugh. You've already if you change that mindset immediately, you can screw something up throughout the whole dining right. process. But if you got them laughing or smiling or saying, ooh, what's that? Oh, that's cool. You know what I mean? You're distracting them in other ways. Their guard comes down a little bit. Yeah, the guard comes down. And so you can, again, you can make make a mistake and they'll look past sure. it just because they're having such a good time. You'll notice when you come into the place, you know, it's like we just don't – you go into a lot of places and it's just, hey, here's a sign. It says a beer brand. It says the special, and that's ten tackers. They're they're and t- ten tackers. It's and that's their version of decoration. It's right and on the nose. Here's you, what it is. Yep. And that's and it's just a bunch of stuff that's given to them free, and they just put it on the walls. And they're like, okay, yeah, cool. We we decorated, and that's like just right. the opposite of what our vision is because we want to. We don't put those up anywhere. Uh, maybe on a window or something that's so it's like temporary yeah. or on a door when you're walking in. Um, but we don't consider that decoration. We want the place to feel very authentic and intentional. And uh, mm-hmm. so it's just a, it's a different vision. We haven't seen yeah, any checks absolutely. for any of that stuff either. So yeah. still waiting. Still waiting. And, and, it's, and it seems like just observing you guys and how you interact together, your partnership is a big reason why you're successful. You each bring different strengths to the table, but of course, with partnerships comes some complexity and you got to, you know, learn how to work together or maybe swallow your pride every now and then, or work through challenges. Talk a bit about how you guys approach working together as, as a partnership. What are, what's difficult about it and what, what, what has made it successful for you guys? Uh, part of it is all, I mean, you know, being open about the things you're struggling with or like, you know, if you're not able to complete tasks, you know what I mean? Just communicating about those things, you know, we all have, lives outside of this job, you know, and those lives can be difficult at times as well. You know what I mean? And so being open and, you know, about, Hey, what's going on. And so, so there's understanding, you know what I mean? And, but also we all, you know, I think we all kind of motivate each other in a way too. We're like my, I, I, I think Justin has the worst work guilt out of anybody I know. Um, <laughs> and he'll tell you that. 
does. Like he's guilty when he's not working? Yes. You feel like you're, yes. And yeah. so then I get guilty because I'm not working as much. I feel guilty because I'm not working as much <laughs> as Justin. And so, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's one of those things where like, but we all understand, you know, th- that on, on a certain level, I think. But, you know, yeah, we get frustrated. I think we probably all get frustrated with each other, but we work through it you know, at times when we have to. And, but also again, it's just being understanding about what's actually going on in our lives. Well, there's, there's in the roles we have. So there's a great deal of respect between us. Um, and you know, we, we really try not to make things harder for each other, which is a big, a big part of it. Um, but yeah, I think there's just, when you respect each other, when you, you know, when you're, when you're, you don't want to let each other down. That's a big part of it. Yeah. And, that's, that's and we are good friends, so yeah. that's a big piece of it too. And uh, we we thought um, we're since we I got a couple things to say I guess. Um, so we do have one other partner. His name's Tim Othout, and he's part of Hipster and Sacred Cow. And he um, he probably outworks all of us. Yep. And um, and that's why he's not here. Um, so a little shout out to him because he's just a busy busy guy. Uh, but yeah, um, I think a big part of it too, is we do have our roles and we kind of know what the person, what boxes each other are going to sure. check off. We've been wor- knowing each other for long enough. We've been working together for long enough. We Complimentary know skill getting, sets. A hundred percent. Definitely. Definitely. Um, some of the things that he does, I, you couldn't pay me enough to do, um, <laughs> sitting and just like some of the, the. All the back of house work, uh, yeah, administrative stuff. Some of that administrative stuff, I just, I, I don't, I don't have it in me. And but I'll be over there fixing a chair, or, you know, um, yeah, you should see my trunk. It is the most <laughs> organized toolbox you'll ever see in your life, and um, just all the tools. That's an understated skill set in the restaurant world is the ability to fix things. I, I can, yeah. I can, that's I can a, fix very, most. But even though he's the plumber, I, yeah, I, 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 I have uh, that skill set. He, he does but too, but he just does so much administrative stuff. I've, I've absorbed a lot of the, the fixing things. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're all pretty handy within the group. So we, um, we definitely, um, when it's certain projects, we definitely will pay to yeah. get it fixed, but there's a lot of stuff that we fix ourselves more so than most people. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, the best way I've ever heard it put about the partnership piece is uh, it's a high road and long view. It's important to you always get caught up with the little little problems pop up and you know not not getting caught in the minutia or being petty about things. So always taking the high road with your partners Mm -hmm. on that, but and then also having that the long view, the you know of of what you're all working for, your mission, your vision, and not letting little problems derail you from accomplishing that. Take your battle long term goal. Yeah, right? you got to give each yeah, other the benefit of the doubt. I think in any relationships, you know, you got to be just patient with the people that are closest with you. Yeah, and the business partnerships I have in our small businesses is I would hate, I would cringe to think what it'd be like without partners, right? I think it makes it's accretive and it makes the business better. And it it makes uh, having people when they to celebrate when you know you have a great week or a great month or a great year, it makes it that much more fun. And it also is. Uh, imperative to have yeah. the people there when you're dealing with the inevitable problems that pop you can, up from you can from do more business and not yeah expand yeah, yeah, you know, we wouldn't expand more too it's efficiency yeah. yeah and you all are, are jumping into the podcast world as well which is super exciting you got a podcast you're working on that it's going to launch here soon called industry dogs which focuses on uh, kind of behind the scenes look at the restaurant industry can you share a little bit about uh, your vision for that well, I think it just kind of always started from these roundtable discussions that we have and the T-shirts that we make and all the all the fun stuff that we get to do on a daily basis that basically only people who are crazy enough to do what we do for a living get to live on a daily basis. And we're just going to try to have a little fun with it, you know, give everybody a peek behind the curtain from 
back of the house, to the front of the house, to the to the security, to the people you order from, just the the, the stresses and the joys that come with with living this life that we have for between the three of us seventy five years now. Yeah, I mean it's it, awesome. you know we're gonna we're gonna talk about everything really no, really nothing's off the table i mean you know we'll probably have a lot of conversations about like the process through covid some of the things we already talked about yeah. in your podcast like what's going on in the downtown areas you know with restaurants and how much know. money we lose betting on yeah. football yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah well, that'll be fun because restaurants are something that everybody interacts with and there's always natural questions and curiosities about how things work and so that'll be fun a fun look there that'd be cool yeah yeah it should be a fun one last last little question here for you guys it's not little it's big but what does success look for you guys? You've had tons of, of growth here in the, in the past few years. You're doing amazing things. You're an important part of the Cedar Rapids community and the quality of life in the community. Let's let's look forward 10 years and the Cedar Rapids Gazette's writing an article about you all and what you've built and how important that's been to the success of Cedar Rapids. What are the important milestones that need to happen along the way over the next 10 years? Or what does life look like for you guys 10 years from now for you, for you all to consider a success or, or you have building something that you're that you consider to be successful it probably looks a little different for all of us um but i mean personally for me but i think that they all agree is uh you know i don't think that we all want to be just hey owners you know several several years from now we want um the people that have been putting all this time in and work in to be absorbing and taking this over with the same passion that we brought to it and started so um, everyone else can kind of have their piece of the pie and uh, continue to have um, keep these restaurants um, with strong legs and longevity. Because a lot of times, you know, when you, people get older and they start uh, having less time to put towards the, that kind of stuff, they can kind of lose some of their energy if um, everyone else isn't kind of bought in and invested and in, and in getting what they deserve. So I think it's um, there's the growth needs to be growth for everyone that's working for us. You know, um, the people that are putting in their hard work the, to kind of start taking this over. Yeah. So I've said this to these guys before I was, I was at this Italian restaurant. I was in Houston and it was, you, you know, you, you walk into those places and everybody working there is older. The customers are older. And I remember sitting there and I was just thinking, it's like, how did it get like this? And it's like, these people have been working here and coming here for years. And so like, so then it hit me like, I don't know, a year or so ago. And I started thinking about that again. And I'm like, I think I was at LP and I'm just like looking around and I'm like, are all of these people still going to be here? And what's this place going to look like? And all of these customers that come to us now we're all going to be old and gray and still, you know, is that what this is going to look like? And, <laughs> and, and I, I kind of laughed about it, but I was like, that would be super cool though. You know, but like Justin said, yeah, the goal is for us to probably be smaller owners or not owners at all. And for the people that have been working for us, taking that over, how that looks, we don't really know, you know, that's hard yeah. to, because really, if you think about how restaurants go, they just close. You know, it's rare that people come in and buy them. And typically the people, the ones that are bought are the ones that they, the, the buyers think they can do better. Right. And so, um, are the, you know, they're not doing so hot, you know? And so it's, how do you put a value in a restaurant? We talk about that too. It's, it's a weird thing, you know? And, um, yeah. and, and so I think, yeah, I mean, I've got, 
I think I've got, you know, 12 more, 10, 12, 15 more years. You know, that's kind of my goal, I think. We'll see how it goes. But, success, you know, we try to own the properties that we that we have restaurants in. And so trying to diversify. Yeah. You know, we got to we got to flip the script because we can't do this stuff forever. So we've got to find ways to obviously, you know, because we don't have 401ks, you know, we don't have, you know, we do. That's <laughs> right, not, yeah, that's court, not yeah. yeah, that's not how we, you know, we can get our own. Right. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, we talk about it. That's for sure. And so. 10 years. Oh man. I mean, it's, we even talked to you, you know, it's like how, you know, you know, yeah, people look at us in this town and it's, and for me, I was like, that kind of scared me a little bit because I'm like, Oh my God, (laughs) you know, the people are watching what we're doing and what we're saying and where we're going. And, and so it's, it's an interesting thing. Yeah. It's yeah. We get copied a lot and it's an interesting thing to think about because I'm, I, I'm humble, you know, I'm thankful for everything that's happened and we're super lucky. We're super lucky to have the people that working for us that, that, you know, I'm lucky to be sitting with these guys at this table as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, for me, it's a little bit different. Um, I've been married for almost 15 years now together with my wife for 18. She's very successful in her own right. So it's, you know, my, what success looks like to me is, you know, at some point not having to think about leaving, not having to think about just more freedom. You know, I think that's probably what we all look forward to the most is not yep. being, um, not being at the beck and call 24 hours a day, which is a small business owner is a requirement. You know, like he was saying, one of us will go in. It doesn't matter what time it is, you know, like, and that's just part of it. And success to me would be like, you know, like I said, just having more time. And I think when you get to a certain age and you, and you look at what you want the rest of your life to look like, time with the people you love is probably what's most important. You know, we'll always make more money. doesn't matter what field you're in. If you're, if you're smart and you work hard, you're probably going to be okay. So, you know, what does that look like moving forward? Well, for us, like I said, it's diversifying, it's, you know, property, things like that. I've got another business interest outside of what we do. Um, you know, we, we all have our own individual interest as well as in addition to what we do together. So a vacation uh, house in Florida, vacation house in Florida is next. Now, you got a guy down got there. Some goals out there. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> you got a realtor down there we can talk you know, to. Well, let's talk. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, guys, I, I appreciate the time. Y'all are doing some amazing things. Don't ever discount how important that is to creating a special place, which I know we're all working towards uh, here in the Iowa city, Cedar Rapids area. And, uh, Keep up, keep up the great work. Uh, look forward to sharing a beer here shortly, and, and hope uh, Blocktober uh, Fest is a is a huge huge hit for everybody. Thank and have you. a good time and eat some good food, drink some beer, and enjoy some music. So folks can check that out uh, on Facebook, correct? Yes. Uh, yep. Blocktober yeah, Fest, cool. September twenty second. So put it on your calendar. It's on a Friday. Yeah, love it. Thanks right. a lot, guys. Yeah, thank you, sir. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate it. You bet. If you enjoy this show, please consider subscribing and reviewing on your podcast platform of choice. It helps us to continue to develop and grow. I'd also like to thank, of course, our sponsor, Midwest One Bank. Learn more and experience simply better banking at MidwestOne.Bank. This podcast is produced by Upload Media Group, located here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more information on them, you can visit UploadMediaGroup.com. Real Success with Nate Kading is a Corridor Media Group podcast. For more information, visit CorridorBusiness.com. Thank you.